Welcome to an explanation of the faith as it accompanies Luther's small catechism. The second article. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. What does this mean? I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. Jesus once asked, Who do people say that I am? He received many different answers. What do people today think of Jesus? Who or what do they say that he is? Read John 20, verses 24 to 29. Note what Thomas concludes about Jesus. As Christians, we confess, This man Jesus is God and Lord. He is both my Creator and my Redeemer. How can I acknowledge in my words and actions that Jesus is my Lord? Question 148. What does it mean to confess that Jesus is Lord? It means to acknowledge that He rules over all things as Creator and Redeemer, and that Jesus is the Lord God Himself, Yahweh, in our human flesh. Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Colossians 1 verses 16 to 20 for by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church, he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Read John 4, verse 42, John 20, verses 20 to 24, and Acts 4, verse 12. See also Romans 10:13. Here, Paul confesses that Jesus is Yahweh by quoting Joel 2, verse 32. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. See question 42 or more on Yahweh as God's name. Question 149. Why do I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord? Jesus has given me eternal life and taken me under his eternal care and protection. John 3 verse 36. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. John 17, verses 3 to 5. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. 2 Timothy 1, verse 12. I am not ashamed, for I know whom I believed and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Question 150. Who is this Jesus that I confess as my Lord? 
He is the eternal Son of God, who entered human history, born as a man with a body and soul, in fulfillment of God's Old Testament promises. Thus, He is both Creator and creature, God and man, in one person. Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Question 151. What does it mean to confess that Jesus is true God? The Son is God in the very same sense that the Father is God. Namely, He existed from all eternity, and together with the Father and the Spirit, created the universe and everything within it. John 1 verse 3. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. 1 Corinthians 8 verse 6. Yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. Colossians 1 verses 16 and 17. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things and in him all things hold together. The Nicene Creed says of the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom all things were made. Question 152. What does it mean to confess that Jesus is begotten of the Father from eternity? The Son has no beginning. He eternally receives life from the Father. Thus, in the Nicene Creed, we confess Jesus as begotten, not made. John 1, verses 1 and 2, and verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Hebrews 1 verse 3 He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature, and He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the Majesty on high. The Nicene Creed also says of the Lord Jesus Christ, The only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father. This emphasizes his uniqueness as the second person of the Trinity. Question 153. What does it mean to confess that Jesus is true man? Jesus is human in the very sense that we are human, except without sin. Hebrews 4 verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. 1 Timothy 2 verses 5 and 6. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. Note, because God created the first man, Adam, without sin, Jesus' sinlessness does not diminish his full humanity. Question 154. What does it mean to confess that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit? Jesus was conceived in Mary's womb by the will and act of God, apart from a human father. Luke 1 verses 30 to 35. 
And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Read also Matthew 1, verses 18 to 25. Question 155. What do we call the event by which the Son of God became man? We call this the Incarnation, the great mystery that the true Son of God, who created the universe, entered his creation and became a part of it by becoming a man. John 1 verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Colossians 2 verse 9. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. 1 Timothy 3 verse 16. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. Question 156. How did the Incarnation take place? The Holy Spirit fashioned from Mary a true human body and soul for the Son of God. Luke 1 verse 35 And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Matthew 1 verse 20 But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 7 verse 14 Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Note, the Athanasian Creed speaks of the Incarnation. He is God begotten from the substance of the Father before all ages. And he is man, born from the substance of his mother in this age. Although he is God and man, he is not two, but one Christ, not by the conversion of the divinity into flesh, but by the assumption of the humanity into God. Question 157. What can we say about Jesus as a result of the Incarnation? The Son of God, the Creator of the Universe, has become our brother in Jesus Christ. Hebrews 2 verse 11 For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers. Question 158 What does it mean for us as human creatures that the Son of God has become our brother? It means that God has become man, sharing our humanity in all things but sin. A. Jesus has a human ancestry. Romans 1 verse 3. The gospel concerns God's Son, who was descended from David according to the flesh. 1 Timothy 2 verse 5. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. 
read the genealogy of Christ in Matthew 1, verses 1 to 17, and Luke 3, verses 23 to 38. B. Jesus has a human body and soul. Luke 24, verse 39. See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh, and bones as you see that I have. Matthew 26, verse 38. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. C. Jesus has a human sex. He is male. Matthew 1, verses 22 and 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Luke 2, verse 21. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. D. Jesus has human needs and feelings. Matthew 4, verse 2. And after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. John 11, verse 35. Jesus wept. John 19, verse 28. Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. Hebrews 4, verses 14 to 16. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Read about how Jesus was born, Luke 2, slept, Mark 4, verse 38, suffered, and died, Matthew 26 and 27. Question 159. Why is it so important for us as sinners that the Son of God has become our brother? As our brother, a. Jesus fulfilled our obligation to keep the law, his active obedience. Romans 5 verse 19. For as by the one man's, Adam's, disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's, Jesus, obedience, the many will be made righteous. Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. b. Jesus suffered and died to pay the penalty of our sin, his passive obedience. Mark 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Galatians 3, verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. 1 Peter 1, verses 18 and 19. Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Hebrews 2, verse 14. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil. Read Romans 3, verses 22 to 24, and Colossians 1, verse 22. C. Jesus overcame death so that we, too, can be raised from death. 
1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 1, verse 10. Christ Jesus abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Question 160. Why is it so important for us that the man Jesus, our brother, is also the Son of God who created the universe? Because Jesus, our brother, is the true Son of God, a. He reveals God to us, for there is no other God than this God who took on our flesh. John 14, verse 9. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? b. He has provided a sufficient ransom and atonement for the sins of the world by his death on the cross. Mark 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. 1 Peter 1, verses 18 and 19. Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. See, he is always with us. Matthew 28, verse 20. And behold, I am with you always, to the end of the age. Read about the miraculous catch of fish, Luke 5, verses 4 to 6, Jesus knowing the character of Nathanael, John 1, verse 48, and Jesus and a Samaritan woman, John 4, verses 17 through 26. Also read Matthew 21, verses 1 to 7, Matthew 26, verses 20 to 25, and Luke 18, verses 31 through 33, and Luke 22, verses 8 to 13. D. He intercedes for us before the Father. 1 Timothy 2, verses 5 and 6. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. 1 John 2, verse 1. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the Righteous. E. He rules over creation and the church. Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Ephesians 4, verse 10. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Read about Jesus' temptation. Matthew 4, verses 1 to 11. The Wedding Feast in Cana, John 2, verses 1 to 11, Jesus rebuking the storm, Luke 8, 22 to 25, Jesus healing a paralytic, Matthew 9, verses 1 to 8, Jesus calling Lazarus back to life, John 11, verses 38 to 44, his resurrection from the dead, Matthew 28, verses 6 and 7, and how all is in subjection to him, Hebrews 2, verses 8 and 9. F. He has the authority to judge and forgive. John 5, verse 27. And he has given him authority to execute judgment, because he is the Son of Man. Matthew 9, verse 6. That you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. Acts 17, verse 31. 
He has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. G. He is worthy of divine honor and glory. John 20, verse 28. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. John 5, verses 21 through 23. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Philippians 2, verses 9-11 through 11. Therefore God has highly exalted him, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Read Hebrews 1, verse 6, Revelations 5, verses 12 and 13, Romans 9, verse 5, and 1 John 5, verse 20. H. He loves us with an everlasting love. John 17, verses 25 and 26. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I have made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known, that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Question 161. What two natures are united in the one person of Jesus Christ? The divine and the human natures are united in Jesus Christ. This personal union began when he became man, incarnation, and continues forever. John 1 verse 14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. 1 Timothy 3 verse 16. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh. Colossians 2 verse 9. In him, Christ, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Read Isaiah 9 verse 6, Matthew 28 verses 18 and 20, Acts 3 verse 15, Acts 20 verse 28, and 1 John 1 verse 7. It was not a mere man who suffered, died, and was buried descended to hell, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and was raised to God's majesty and almighty power for us. But it was a man whose human nature has such a profound, indescribable union and communion with God's Son that it is one person with him. The second article of the Apostles' Creed And I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. What does this mean? Part 2. Who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood, and with his innocent suffering and death. This is most certainly true. The central thought of this, human history has been constantly characterized by selfishness, hatred, and violence, resulting from a failure to fear, love, and trust in God above all things. 
Despite all of our scientific and technological progress, why have we not overcome these deep-seated problems that plague our human race? Read Luke 23, 32-56. Consider how Jesus willingly suffered and died for us to overcome these deep-seated evils. As Christians, we confess that Jesus became our Lord by dying on the cross in order to rescue us from our captivity to sin, death, and the devil. What does it say about Jesus, that he willingly gave his life for me? What does it say about me? Question 162. What are we saying when we confess that Jesus has redeemed us? We acknowledge that Jesus has rescued and reclaimed us from powers we cannot overcome. Colossians 1, verses 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Titus 2, verse 14. Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Hebrews 2, verses 14 and 15. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, so that through his death he might destroy the one who has power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. 1 John 3 verse 8 Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Read 1 Peter 1, verses 18 to 21. Question 163. Why did we need to be redeemed or rescued? What was our situation? A. The entire human race lived under the tyranny of sin, death, and the devil. John 8, verses 34 to 36. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The Son remains forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Psalm 51, verse 5. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. 1 John 5, verse 19. The whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Galatians 4, verse 8. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. B. The entire human race stood under the judgment of God. Ephesians 2 verse 1. You were dead in the trespasses and sins. Romans 1 verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Ephesians 2 verse 3. We all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Read Genesis 3, verses 1 through 4, verse 12. Genesis 6, verses 5 to 12. John, chapter 8. And Romans, chapter 3, verses 9 to 18. Question 164. How did we come to be lost and condemned? The devil led Adam and Eve into rebellion by tempting them to doubt and to desire to become like God. We all have inherited their desire to sin and the resulting punishment. Romans 5 verse 12 Therefore just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, 
and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. Read Genesis chapter 3. Note how doubt about God's word leads to the denial of God's word, which leads to disbelief, which leads to disobedience, which results in death. Question 165. Why did God send his Son to rescue us? As our loving Creator, he had compassion on us. Genesis 3 verse 15. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. 1 John 4 verse 10. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Question 166. How did Jesus rescue me from sin? A. By His death on the cross, He paid the entire penalty of my sin and guilt. Mark 10 verse 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Galatians 3 verse 13 Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. 1 Peter 1 verses 18 and 19 Knowing that you are ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Romans 4 verse 25 Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. b. By his death on the cross, he fully endured and appeased the wrath of God toward all people, thereby reconciling us to God. Romans 3 verse 25 God put forward Jesus as a propitiation by his blood, to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. Hebrews 2 verse 17 Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. 1 John 2 verse 2 he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 19 In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. C. By his death on the cross he destroyed the power of sin to enslave me. John 8 verses 34 to 36 Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. 1 Peter 2 verse 24 He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Question 167. How did Jesus rescue me from the devil? 
He defeated Satan by obeying his father's will throughout his earthly life, even going all the way to the cross, all in our place. Philippians 2 verse 8 Being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Genesis 3 verse 15 I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. 1 John 3 verse 8 The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Read Matthew 4 verses 1 through 11 about Jesus' temptation. Other passages also explain our rescue from the devil. Luke 8 verses 26 to 39, Romans 8 31 to 34, Philippians 2 6 to 11, Colossians 2 verse 15, Hebrews 2 verse 14, James 4 verse 7, and 1 Peter 5 verses 8 and 9. Christ always followed the will of the Father for us in our place, his active obedience. Christ also suffered in our place all the punishment that we deserved for our sin, his passive obedience. See also Galatians 3 verses 12 and 13. Question 168. How did Jesus rescue me from death? He put death to death by his own death and resurrection. Hebrews 2 verses 14 and 15. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 54 to 57. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 1 verse 10 Our Savior Christ Jesus abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Question 169 what does the Bible teach about Jesus' resurrection? Why is it so comforting to us? Scripture teaches that Jesus rose from the dead on the third day and appeared bodily to his disciples. Acts 10 verses 40 and 41 God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 4 to 8 he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Acts 1 verse 3 he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Christ's resurrection is the comforting testimony that a. He is the Son of God, Romans 1.4. He was declared to be Son of God in power, according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. b. His teaching is true, John 18.37. Jesus answered, 
For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. C. The Father has accepted Christ's sacrifice for the reconciliation of the world. Romans 5 verse 10. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. D. All who believe in Christ will rise to eternal life. John 11 verses 25 and 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. John 14 verse 19. Because I live, you also will live. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 22 and 23. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Question 170. Why was Jesus' divine majesty not always evident during his earthly life? As man, Christ did not always or fully use or manifest the divine powers and majesty that were communicated to his human nature. This began with the lowly manner of his incarnation, continued in the manner of his birth and life, and was completed with his death and burial. We call this his state of humiliation. Philippians 2 verses 5 through 8. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Question 171. What does this state of humiliation mean for our understanding of Jesus' life? It highlights the full and deep sense in which Jesus, as our brother, shared our very real human feelings and struggles. For example, A. As our brother, Jesus was born in humble circumstances. Luke 2 verse 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. B. As our brother, Jesus chose not to know everything. Matthew 24 verse 36. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. C. As our brother, Jesus experienced sadness and loss. Read John 11, verses 38 to 44. Jesus reacted as a completely human person to the death of his friend Lazarus. D. As our brother, Jesus faced human dilemmas and temptations. Read Matthew 4, verses 1 to 11. Consider how Jesus struggled to resist Satan's temptations. Read Matthew 26, verses 36 to 46. Consider how in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus agonized over his desire to stay alive and his desire to carry out God's will that he drink the cup of wrath and die. E. As our brother, Jesus suffered the agony of death and hell. Read about Jesus' suffering and death as it was predicted and happened. 
Isaiah 53, verse 3, Luke 2, verse 7, Luke 4, verse 29, Matthew 2, verse 13, Matthew 8, verse 20, John 8, verses 40 and 50, Matthew 27, Mark 15, Luke 23, and John 19. F. As our brother, Jesus was so poor that he was buried in a borrowed tomb. Luke 23, verses 52 and 53. Joseph went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid him in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever yet been laid. Question 172. What comfort does the state of humiliation bring to us? Jesus promises Christians that not only his mere divinity would be with them, which to us poor sinners is like a consuming fire on dry stubble, but Christ promised that he, he the man who has spoken with them, who has experienced all tribulations in his received human nature, and who can therefore have sympathy with us, as with men and his brethren, he will be with us in all our troubles, also according to the nature by which he is our brother, and we are flesh of his flesh. Question 173. When does Jesus, as our brother, manifest the divine majesty that is his as the Son of God? A. Jesus made his divine power and majesty visible at times during his earthly life, with miracles, and especially at the transfiguration. John 2, verses 11. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee, and manifested his glory. Luke 6, verse 8. But he, Jesus, knew their thoughts. Matthew 17, verses 1 and 2. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James, and John his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. b. Jesus, who remains true man, manifests the divine attributes communicated to him in his incarnation. His power and majesty are manifested fully and constantly in his victorious descent into hell, his resurrection from the dead, his ascension into heaven, his present reign at the right hand of God, and his future return for judgment. We call this his state of exaltation. Philippians 2 verses 9 to 11. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Question 174. What does the state of exaltation mean for our understanding of who Jesus is and what he has done? It highlights the full and deep sense in which Jesus, as our brother, has been exalted by God the Father over sin, death, and the devil, so that our future in him is secure. For example, a. Jesus descended into hell and declared victory over Satan for us. 1 Peter 3, verses 18-20 For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh but made alive in the Spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through water. Colossians 2 verse 15 
he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. B. Jesus rose triumphantly over death and the grave for us. Mark 16, verse 6. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? Luke 24, verse 6. He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee. C. Jesus ascended at the right hand of God and now rules for our benefit. Luke 24, verses 50 and 51. He led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. Hebrews 1, verse 3. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Hebrews 8, verse 1. Now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. D. Jesus will return in glory as judge on the last day and bring us into his new creation. Acts 1, verse 11. The angel said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This Jesus, who is taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Hebrews 9, verse 28. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Acts 17, verse 31. Because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Question 175. What comfort does the state of exaltation bring us? There he forever reigns and has dominion over all creatures. He sanctifies those who believe in him by sending the Holy Spirit into their hearts to rule, comfort, and make them alive. He defends them against the devil and the power of sin. Let's close the Apostles' Creed section 2 with prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, my brother and Savior, I praise you for rescuing me from sin, death, and the devil's power by your innocent suffering and death. Thank you for your great love and undeserved sacrifice that won me, a lost and condemned creature, to be yours. Give me faith to trust your reconciling work and live in the knowledge of your salvation. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The second article, part three. And I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. Part 3. That I may be his own, and live under him in his kingdom, and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. The central thought, our lives are meaningless, without some sense of purpose. 
What do people live for today? Read Luke 24, verses 36 to 53. How did Jesus' resurrection change the lives of the disciples? How did it give our lives new purpose and meaning? As Christians, we confess that our salvation and all our happiness rests on Jesus our Lord. He sets us free to live under His care and serve Him and others. How does confessing Jesus as my Lord give my life enduring direction and purpose? Question 176. For what purpose has Christ freed me from sin, death, and the devil? Jesus did all this to be my Lord. In other words, so that I might live with him and for him in peace and joy now and forever. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 15 He died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Jude 24 and 25 Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority, before all time, and now, and forever. Amen. Question 177. What does it mean to confess that I belong to Christ? I am united with him by faith, so that he is mine, and I am his. Galatians 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Romans 14 verse 8. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Philippians 3 verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. 1 Peter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Titus 2 verse 14. Christ gave himself for us, to redeem us from all lawlessness, and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. Question 178. What does it mean to confess that I live under him in his kingdom? A. As our Lord, Jesus graciously rules to defend me, protect me, and give me rest. Matthew 11 verse 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. John 14 verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Colossians 1 verses 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Read Psalm 23, which is about the Lord who rules as a kind shepherd. B. As our Lord, Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to be with me, to teach me, and to sanctify me. John 14, verses 16 and 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, to be with you forever, 
even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. John 14, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. John 16, verse 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Question 179. What does it mean that we will serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness? We serve Jesus now as those who belong to him and live under him in his kingdom. Yet, we also look forward to the day when sin, death, and the devil will no longer hinder us from serving him with complete devotion, in peace and joy forever. Colossians 2 verse 6 Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Philippians 1 verse 6 He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Romans 16 verse 20 the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Revelations 21 verse 4 He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. See Luke 1 verses 69 to 75, and Matthew 25 verses 31 to 46. Question 180. What is the basis for my confession and confidence that I will live forever in his kingdom? The resurrection of Christ is the basis for everything that we confess in this article. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 3 to 5. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 17 to 20. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Colossians 3 verses 1 to 4. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Question 181. Is there evidence for the resurrection of Jesus? The resurrection of Christ is well attested by numerous eyewitnesses. A. All four Gospels testify to Jesus' bodily resurrection. B. John and Peter both emphasize that the apostles were eyewitnesses of the risen Lord in Acts 1 verse 3, Acts 2 verse 32, and 1 John 1 verses 1 to 4. C. Paul refers to over 500 witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 5 to 9. D. The New Testament term for witness came to mean martyr, 
because many of the eyewitnesses gave their lives rather than retract their testimony to Jesus' resurrection. Question 182. What does it mean that our Lord Jesus is called the Christ? In the Old Testament, God set certain people apart as prophets, priests, and kings by anointing them with oil. The title Christ, or Messiah, means anointed one. In the New Testament, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit to be our prophet, priest, and king. Note some other titles for the Son. Redeemer, Isaiah 59, verse 20. Emmanuel, Matthew 1, verse 23. Son of the living God, Matthew 16, verse 16. Savior, Luke 2, verse 11, and John 4, verse 42. Son of man, Matthew 25, verse 31. The Word, John 1, verse 14. Lord and God, John 20, verse 28. Question 183. What does it mean for us to speak of Jesus as our prophet? As our prophet, Jesus proclaims the word of God to us. Luke 4, verses 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Acts 10, verse 38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Matthew 17, verse 5. He was still speaking when, Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Hebrews 1, verses 1 and 2. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son. Read Deuteronomy 18, verse 15, John 1, verses 17 and 18, John 6, verse 68, Mark 1, verse 38, Mark 16, verse 15, Luke 10, verse 16, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20, and John 3, verse 34. Question 184. What does it mean for us to speak of Jesus as our priest? As our priest, Jesus offered himself as the sacrifice for our sin, and he intercedes with the Father on our behalf. Hebrews 7, verses 26 and 27. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He has no need, like those other high priests, to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins, and then for those of the people, since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. 1 John 2, verses 1 and 2. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Romans 8 verse 34. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. 
Question 185. What does it mean for us to speak of Jesus as our King? As our King, Jesus rules over all creation, especially for the good of his church. Colossians 1 verses 17 and 18. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. John 18, verse 36. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting, that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from the world. Ephesians 1, verses 20 and 22 and 23. God raised him, Christ Jesus, from the dead, and seated him at his right hand. And he put all things under his feet, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Read Matthew 28, verse 18, Psalm 45, verse 7, John 3, verse 34, Acts 10, verse 38, 2 Timothy 4, verse 18, and Hebrews 1, verses 3 and 4. We'll close the second article with prayer. King of glory, by your mercy and compassion, you gave yourself over to death on the cross to obtain everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness for me and all believers. By your Spirit, keep me firm in this faith, that I might always live under you in your kingdom, and serve you in joy and peace, even as you have been raised from the dead, and live and reign to all eternity. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Explanation of Our Christian Faith as found in Luther's Small Catechism, brought to you by St. Luke's Lutheran Church in Oviedo, Florida. This podcast is from Luther's Small Catechism with Explanation, copyright 1986-2017, copyright 1986 Concordia Publishing House. Used with permission, all rights reserved. Purchase a print copy of Luther's Small Catechism with Explanation. Please contact CPH at 800-325-3040 or visit them at cph.org.